Again, I'm Stuart Mazel, uh, lead pastor here, and uh, great to have all of you here. Thank you for those of you who are joining us online. Again, I apologize for um, having to sit this one out. We are starting a new series, and this series is called Rest in a Restless World. And it is not lost on me that uh, I am not able to stand up and be as active as I normally would. I think God has a sense of humor for this being our first dive into this. So we're going to be talking for the next few weeks about how to find rest in a world that is increasingly restless. And we're going to start where we need to start. Not where you, some of you may think. Some of you may think, well, we'll start with Genesis 1 or Genesis 2 and talk about the Sabbath. We're going to get there, but really where we need to start is with Jesus. And so we're going to be reading Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30 today. And this is what God's Word says. This is Jesus speaking. And he says, Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Let me pray for us. Jesus, I'm, <laughs> I'm leaning on your words today that uh, your power is made perfect in weakness. As I've said numerous times today, I feel a little useless today. Uh, but I know that you are not useless. You are powerful. And Holy Spirit, I know that you can do beyond what we can even ask or imagine. So I'm going to ask even now, uh, that uh, in my weakness this morning that you would produce more fruit than I would if I was really active. And I pray that all of us today would be able to hear your truth, whether it's for the first time or for the millionth time. But as we hear, let it sink in and let us embrace these truths so that we would find rest for our souls, and we would know you, Jesus, better. For your glory, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, our one true God, we pray this. Amen. Those of you who know me, you know that I'm not much of a country music fan. My music usually has a little bit more hardness to it, distortion to it, than uh, most country music, but you may have heard of a guy named Merle Haggard, those of you who are country music fans, uh, I read a quote by him recently, and I thought, wow, I've got to begin this sermon series with this quote. If you don't know who Merle Haggard is, for those of you who don't know, uh, he was a music, country music icon from the 60s, 70s, and 80s. I think he actually had some songs in the 90s, too. I'm not certain. Uh, he, he died in 2016. And during that year, in a... Uh, an article that appeared in, I think it's Rolling Stones, he, he had a quote 
Now, before I do that, let, let, me think, let me let you know a little bit about Mr. Haggard. He had 38 albums appear on Billboard's country music top 10 charts. 38 albums. More than a dozen of those made it to number one. He had 38 number one singles. So this is no slouch when it comes to the country music world. Of course, he also had five wives, and he spent time in prison. But in this Rolling Stones interview, released in 2016, the year he died, he said this, there is a restlessness in my soul that I've never conquered. Not with motion, marriages, or meaning. And it's still there to a degree, and it will be till the day I die. That, that quote is haunting. There's a restlessness inside me, and I can't get rid of it, no matter what I try to fill it with. Now, if you're thinking, poor Merle Haggard, he should be more like us. I want to challenge that idea. I think we have more in common with him than we would like to admit. In fact, in a 2013 article, a few years before this article came out, uh, Boston Globe, in the Boston Globe, Dr. Susan Coven, who's an internal medicine doctor at Massachusetts General Hospital, wrote these words, and again, just listen. In the past few years, she writes, I've observed an epidemic of sorts. Patient after patient suffering the same condition. I'm going to ask you to listen to these symptoms and see if any of them fit you. The symptoms of this condition include fatigue, irritability, insomnia, anxiety, headaches, heartburn, bowel disturbances, back pain, and weight gain. There are no blood tests or x-rays diagnostic of this condition, and yet it's easy to recognize the condition is excessive busyness. Excessive busyness. Remember back in 2020 when the COVID-19 pandemic happened and everything came to a halt and we were living lives that were a lot slower how many of us said, wow, yeah, I mean, I don't like this pandemic, but it's kind of nice to have this slower pace. When things get back to normal, we need to keep this up. And how many of us who said something like that have kept it up? If, if anything, some of us have stepped on the gas even more to try to make up for lost time. So it's no wonder that I hear people often say, and I hear out of my own mouth, I'm too busy. I can't add another thing to my plate. I need a break. I need a vacation. I'm tired. I'm worn out. I'm exhausted. This is the life that we live in. 
And it just seems that a society around us just keeps pushing and pushing and pushing for us to do more and more and more. And it does not satisfy and it does not give us the rest that our souls need. So here's what we're going to be talking about over the next few weeks. Living in a fallen world is wearisome. Okay? Living in a fallen world is wearisome. Jesus offers rest to the weary. That's what we're going to be talking about today. Living in a fallen world is wearisome. Jesus offers rest to the weary. Now, those of you who've been here for a while, you know that several years back, I did a series on Ecclesiastes. And the first question I got when I did that series was, why are we doing a series on Ecclesiastes? What in the world are you thinking? This is what I'm thinking. Ecclesiastes is the book we need. In fact, I'd like to do that series again just to be able to pick us back up and show us how relevant it really is to today's life. But just just as a sample, verse 8 of chapter 1 of Ecclesiastes says this, All things are full of weariness under the sun. A man cannot utter it. The eye is not satisfied with seeing, nor the ear filled filled with hearing. You hear what he's saying there. Life under the sun, life in this fallen world, it is wearisome. Because we live in a fallen world. And our, our priorities get disordered. The way we do things, we do them the wrong ways. We try to push ourselves more than we should. Sometimes, yes, sometimes we are lazy and we don't do what we need to do, but other times we're doing too much. We can't find the right balance because we're out of balance because of sin. Sin has affected everything, not just our morality. It's affected the way we think, the way we live, the way we love, the way we work, the way we rest. So all things are full of weariness in this life. And in the midst of that kind of life, in the midst of a restless world, Jesus says, come to me. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. No matter how wearisome the world is around us, no matter how tired we may be, no matter how restless we may be, Jesus says, if you come to me, I will give you rest. That's what I'm going to do. He promises. Come to me, all you who, are, who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Then in verse 29, he says this. 29? No? No 29? All right. Don't worry about 29. I'll tell you what 29 says. Oh, no, I won't. It just disappeared. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You think about what he's saying there. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. 
for those of you who don't know, in agricultural terms, a, a yoke is one of those things that you put on two animals to keep them together, but also you normally would take a stronger animal and a weaker animal and you'd put them in the yoke together so that the weaker one could grow up into what he needs to do with the yoke. And it keeps them on the same path, it keeps them together, it keeps them on the right path instead of going outside of the path. And what Jesus is saying is, come to me, come to me, take my yoke, and you will find rest for your souls. As he says next, as we embrace Jesus and his ways, we learn how to have true rest for our souls. As we embrace Jesus, when we come to Jesus and we embrace him and his ways, we learn how to have true rest for our souls. Again, verse 29, take my yoke upon you, learn from me, learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. See, part of what we don't do is we don't learn from Jesus. We learn from all kinds of other people. We learn from the church. And sometimes the church is one of the biggest uh, ones, the biggest problem in trying to push an agenda of you've got to be busy doing stuff. Now, is it good to do ministry? Yes. Is it good to be active in your church? Yes. Does Jesus call us to do ministry and to work? Yes. But let me just say this. For those of you who are serving on 17 different ministry teams in our church, that's probably too many. No, that, that's not probably too many. That is too many. For those of you who are here for every event that we do, that's probably too much. And sometimes the problem that we have is when one of us, and I'm guilty of this, folks, let me tell you, when one of us says, oh, I'll do that, I'll do that, we're stealing the opportunity for someone else to do that thing so that they can use their gifts, and we're burning ourselves out in the process. So that person isn't fulfilled in what they're trying to do, and then we are burning ourselves out because we're doing too much. This takes wisdom. This takes guidance. This takes Holy Spirit-led movement. But we all need to entrust ourselves to say, okay, what is it that God has called me to do in this moment? What do I say yes to? What do I say no to? How do I help others get involved? All right? So that's an aside. That's not even part of the sermon. It's not even in my notes. But the point here is that as we embrace Jesus in his ways, we learn how to have true rest. Jesus didn't heal every single person when he was here on earth. He healed some, but he didn't heal all. Jesus didn't go to every country in the world. He went to one place, one general geographic area. Jesus did not speak on every single topic that the world would need to hear, but he spoke on the things we absolutely needed to hear. 
Do you hear what I'm saying? Jesus knew what the Father had called him to do, and he did that. And therefore, he was able to rest when he needed to rest and work when he needed to work. So as we embrace Jesus and the yoke that Jesus puts on us, Jesus isn't going to ask us to do more than he wants us to do. Do you hear me? Jesus isn't going to put heavy burdens on his people. He's not going to make it so that you burn out trying to serve him. That's not Jesus. That's another voice. Do you hear me? Too often, the church has pushed an agenda to try to move us in a direction, and, which may be a good direction, and then we burn people out like crazy, and then we wonder why people are leaving, why people are saying, I just can't do it anymore. But Jesus says, when you take my yoke upon you, you will learn from me. And if you learn from Jesus, Jesus isn't going to cause you to do more than you are able to do with his power. So, here's, here's a, an action point. Before we get to the action point, if you're finding yourself being pushed to the limit doing ministry, doing church stuff, and you have no rest for your soul, maybe it's because you're not learning from Jesus. You're learning from the world that's saying do more, act more, do, 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 work, 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 go, go, go. Because that's what makes a life really, truly a good life. Jesus says, no, what makes a life a really, truly good life is to do what you're called to do. Take his yoke upon you and learn from him. And then you will have true rest, not the fake rest that, and listen, I'm all for vacations. I just came back from one. And it is helpful. It is restful. But sometimes, let's, let's face it, folks, sometimes our, our vacations are just extra work that are different than the work that we normally do. We go, 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 do, 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 and we push ourselves. And then when we come back, how many times have I heard people say, I need a vacation now that I've come back from vacation? That's not Jesus. That's our society. That's our culture. Trying to squeeze us into its mold. No, the yoke, that harness that was used by farmers over oxen to help them ease the work of hauling a load. Remember, Jesus is in that yoke with you. He's not saying, here, put the yoke on by yourself and you carry the load. No, he's saying, I am with you. I'm in the yoke with you. I'm helping carry these burdens. So if the burden is too much, maybe it's because we're not learning from Jesus. Okay, I hope I made that point clear. I feel like I should be standing up. All right, sorry. 
We need to learn from him. And listen, Jesus assures us, he assures us that his yoke is easy. Do you hear that? His yoke is easy and his burden is light. Again, this passage shows us that. Jesus assures us his yoke is easy and his burden is light. Verse 29, take my yoke upon you and learn from me for I am gentle. Jesus is a lot of different things, but he is not less than gentle with sinners. He is not less than gentle with those who are weary and heavy laden, those who are burned out, those who find themselves pushed to their limit. Jesus is gentle. And he's lowly in heart. And he says we'll find rest for, his, for our souls. Why? Because the yoke he puts on us is easy. The burden he puts on us is light. Now, if you've been for a Christian for a while, you may be saying, hold on, Stuart. I have uh, tried to be following Jesus for a while, and it is not easy. And the burden that I feel sometimes is not light. Okay. Jesus didn't promise that the way would be easy. In fact, he says, if anyone wants to follow me, he must take up his cross and deny himself. That doesn't sound easy. But what he's saying is this yoke, the discipleship, Following Jesus with Jesus' power, with Jesus being beside us, that makes it easy. And so, if we find that following Jesus is really, really hard, maybe it's because we're trying to get free of his yoke. Maybe it's because we're not learning from him and we're trying to do it ourselves. Maybe it's because, like stubborn me, this morning getting, you know how long it takes to get ready when you can't stand but on one foot? I normally can get ready within 15, 20 minutes, like that, and it took an hour to get ready. And you know what? Most of that time, I was too proud to ask my family, can I get some help? That's me trying to get out of a yoke that is easy. Because my family would drop what they were doing and they would help me in a minute. And so would Jesus. Jesus would help us when we are weak, when we are weary. A bruised reed he will not break. That's our Jesus. He is gentle and kind and compassionate. And if he sees we are broken down and we cannot get ourselves back up, He will help us. But if we are stubborn and we say, no, Jesus, I can do it myself. I got this. Then that's not Jesus' yoke. That's not Jesus' burden. That's a burden we're putting on ourselves. James Smith 
he, uh, he puts this very, very well in uh, the easy yoke. He says that the yoke, it is easy because connected with it for every trial, there is assistance. For every temptation, there is support. For every difficulty, there is help. For every sorrow, there is solace. For every trouble, there is tranquility. For every loss, there is unspeakable gain. And for every service, there is a rich and eternal reward. See, that's the thing. When we're fixing our eyes on ourselves, when we're trying to do it ourselves, when we're trying to make life work into our mold, our way, our yoke, we're saying, Jesus, get in my yoke. Yeah, no wonder we're weary. (laughs) No wonder we're tired. Because the good news of Jesus... Listen, if you haven't heard anything else, please hear this. The good news of Jesus is not do more stuff and God will set it right. The good news of Jesus is Jesus has done it for you. That's the good news. It's not about me doing a lot of good things so that God will look down upon me and say, oh, you've been a good little boy, now you get heaven. No, it's God looking down upon me and saying, you haven't been good. Here's Jesus. Come to Him, and He will give you rest. Rest from trying to labor in order to get God's favor. Rest from trying to make my life be what I want it to be when I need to make my life what God wants it to be, and He's already doing that by His Holy Spirit. Rest from trying to keep up with the Joneses. No offense to any Joneses here. Rest from a life that is filled with slavery to our sin. That yoke is not easy. That yoke is not light. But Jesus His yoke is easy. His yoke is light. And as we learn from Him and we realize, I can't do it, but Jesus can, Jesus has, Jesus will, then we're in the place to go, okay, Jesus, lead me. You're in the other side of the yoke. I'm following wherever you're going. Take me. Take me wherever you want to go. And when you need to rest, Jesus will rest with you. And when you need to work, Jesus will work with you. That's what the yoke is about. One more quote from, uh, this is from Eugene Peterson in his book, The, The Jesus Way. And it's a little bit wordy, so I'm going to read it and then try to explain it, just in case. He says, we can't gather a God-fearing, God-worshipping congregation 
by cultivating a consumer-pleasing, commodity-oriented congregation. In other words, we're trying to figure out what it is that you guys want, and we offer that so that we get you. But we can't gather a God-fearing, God-worshipping congregation if we're doing that. No, when we do, the wheels start to fall, falling off the wagon, and they are falling off the wagon. We can't suppress the Jesus way, the way of Jesus, the yoke of Jesus, going His way in order to sell the Jesus truth. I'm going to say that again. We can't suppress the Jesus way in order to sell the Jesus truth. The Jesus way and the Jesus truth must be congruent. Only when the Jesus way is organically joined with the Jesus truth do we get the Jesus life. So here's the question. Do you want the life of Jesus in your veins, in your life? Do you want the life of Jesus to just overflow in your life? The only way that's going to happen is by following the Jesus way. We learn from Jesus. Yes, we hold His truths, we uphold His truth, but we have to learn from Him. It's not enough to just have truth in our heads and we talk about that truth. We have to listen to Jesus, learn from Jesus, and follow Jesus. There will be more to come when we talk about this in the, in the weeks to come, but I want you to understand this most important thing. And this is your action point for today. Come to Jesus and find rest from your restlessness. Some of you are saying, Stuart, I came to Jesus like, you know, 30, 40 years ago. Yet, yeah, it's not a one and done. Every day when the oxen had to go out and plow again, that yoke had to be put on afresh. Right? I mean, they didn't sleep in the thing. They'd take it off at night when they had to rest, and they'd put it back on, and they'd go. Every night when we go to bed, we're taking that yoke off, not because we're trying to not be a part of Jesus, but we're saying, okay, my work for today is done, I'm resting, and then the next morning, we come to Jesus again, and that yoke comes back on us. Rather than trying to fight our way out, to do our own thing, to make our own way, we just have to continue to come to Jesus. Jesus, I come to you out of my darkness, out of my sorrow, out of my restlessness, out of my pain, out of my weariness, out of my tiredness, out of all the mess that I've made of my life and the lives of others, I come to you. Give me the rest I need. How many of you want that? It's very simple. It's very easy in this regard. Don't take the yoke of yourself upon yourself. Don't take the yoke of the world. 
Don't even take the yoke of the church. Take the yoke of Jesus. He will never steer you the wrong way. And He will give you rest for your restlessness. So church, let's find real rest in Jesus. Let me pray for us. Father, as I, as I end the sermon and I have to admit, almost every day, I struggle to come to Jesus, to put on that yoke instead of my own yoke. To, to, I struggle to go the Jesus way instead of going my own way. I, I, I try my best to do it my way, and my way, it, it really stinks. It's just burnout and weariness and frustration and irritability. (sighs) Holy Spirit, I need you to work in me that I would put on the yoke of Jesus every single day. And I pray for this, your people, these folks who are gathered here today, who are listening online, Holy Spirit, help them, work in them, that they too would take the yoke of their own works off themselves and find rest in you. That they would learn from you, Jesus, and that they would not try to do it on their own, but that they would rest in the joy of who you are. Help us all to do that today and always. Jesus, we pray in your name. Amen.